beginning transmission 89. Hot file under happy birthday Mark Millar. This week's episode of the Funny Books and Firewater Podcast. ライブ、ライブ、ライブ、ライブ、ライブ、ライブ、ライブ、ライブ、ライブ、ライブ、ライブ、ライブ、ライブ、ライブ、ライブ、ライブ、ライブ、ライブ、ライブ、ライブ、
Um, and hey, I'm Brian. I'm a sound designer based out of Southern California. Um, I'm working on a video game called Killing Come with My Friend, and I am currently in contract negotiations for something else that I'll be promoting. So much you'll be sick of hearing of it in the future. Yay. Hopefully, it works out. And so, of course, like we said before, we are studying. Uh, not studying. Wow. Uh, <laughs> a little Let's be honest. Sometimes we ha- we have lives, we have day jobs. Sometimes reading these comics to do the show is a little bit like doing homework. We're kind of cramming for a test. So we don't sound complete mo- <laughs> like complete moron. But no, we are covering uh, the last book in uh, Mark Millar's uh, <laughs> drink. Sorry, Adam, you were missing. Every time someone said Mark Millar, we were requiring people to drink. That's, that's, right. that's been our month-long drinking game. Yes. Yeah, it's been basically a month-long thing. And it's, mo- so. and it's mostly been Brian. Brian has to drink a lot. It has been me. Well, the other thing, too, was I was watching. So uh, there's this documentary um, that uh, Robert Kirkman's been doing called The Secret History of Comics. It's actually been really good. And like, it takes sort of like... Less like there's a lot of comic book documentaries out there that are kind of like on big broad topics mm-hmm. are, are, are pretty well known. So this has has been treading slightly lesser known storylines. Um, one of the recent episodes that I just watched was uh, about the uh, uh, I can't remember the name of the company. I'm blanking. They were uh, uh, they were an imprint of DC, but it was all black comic creators. Milestone, so like one black, uh, milestone comics. Yes, they were they're talking. Thank you. I knew Maya would know that. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, there was a documentary about Milestone Comics and how that came along. But they also did one called City of Heroes, which was about the 9-11 book that Mark, Muller, Ma- Mark Miller wrote. <laughs> uh, you did like uh, the in-between of both. I know, I did. I did. But the thing was, in the documentary... Like, you, you sound like Medea. Oh, Miller. Miller. So but like in that documentary, they kept saying Mark Millar. And it was like a bunch of people from the industry who I assume know the guy. And I'm like... Okay, wait. Like, I'm like, I know Adam said that he said in an interview that it's Mark Miller, but I'm like, son of a bitch. Like, now I'm all super confused. So we may have been saying it wrong this entire month anyway. So one way or another, we got it right at some point in time. Even if I just got it right this once when I just said it the wrong way. Well, uh, I think is the preferred pronunciation. I'm sure he's glad people are talking about him. Oh, probably. <laughs> I mean, you probably. can call me fuckface as long as you're talking about me, so. Oh, uh, hey, fuckface. How hey, are girl. you? Love you. Hey, girl. Love hey, you, fuckface. Fuck I know you do. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, well, cool. Well, so like we do with every book, we need a, a preview of this book, I guess. Quick preview yeah. of this book. Um, it's a, basically a, uh, a simple guy, uh, simple as, you know, in the in the way that my grandmother used to use it as in a somewhat slow individual uh, who works as a gas station attendant but happens to have some uh, very special set of skills and has just decided or somehow been raised, I think it's been raised, I think they mentioned it from real quickly, has been raised basically just to do try to do one good deed a day. Uh, and it starts out there, um, things happen, um, but it's basically this community kind of protects him and keeps his secret, uh, you know, from the outside world and eventually his secret gets out and you know the, the bigger world comes calling and you know with it wackiness ensues mm-hmm. um fair assessment i would think but with as we do with all books on this show we need to have a drinking game and now for sports listen up sports fans prepare yourself and your liver for this week's drinking game remember it's only a game and if not one at that so don't take it too seriously and above all else please drink responsibly uh anybody got something to go first because i think mine's so vague i don't think anybody's gonna get mine so i'm gonna willing to go last i got i got one Okay. Mine's called No Good Deed Goes Unpunished. That was mine. Okay. You, was it? <laughs> <laughs> well, you, 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 you say yours. I'll figure something else out. No, it's fine. You can do it. Uh, basically, anytime Pup does a good deed, take a drink. So I thought about doing that, but I'm like, that's fish in a barrel. But okay. Uh, Todd, what is yours while well, Adam thinks of something else? I got one, Zeb. Hey. Okay. Russian villain looks like Rasputin. <laughs> uh, 
So every time you see the villain of this book and you look at it, it's like, hey, I think the genesis of this character is let's have him look like Rasputin. Oh man, I want to see a Huck Hellboy crossover now. <laughs> I am changing the name of that just for my own personal amusement to be called All Russian Villains Look the Same. Okay. I, I've changed the. I, I, every once in a while, I'm taking liberties just sure. Because yeah, so I'm, I'm putting that down as all Russian villains look the same. Uh, Adam, did you come up with one? You want me to drop mine before you? I uh, can drop yours first. Okay, mine is called, and this is a really obscure one, but uh, it's definitely in there. Mine's called a handy tool. Every time you see a pen or a pen is mentioned, take a drink. Hmm. Okay. It's actually it's in there more than you would expect. So. Um, and Adam, do you got something? Uh, mine's called of mice and men. So every time they <laughs> reference talk being slow. Uh, or okay. simply not there, uh, you have to take a drink. Cool. Does anybody have anything they want to discuss or throw in before we go into votes and then all sorts of stuff? I would just like to say this is the most un-Mark Miller book that I've ever read by Mark Miller. Close to Starlight. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. this and Starlight, the, like the, the least Mark Miller books ever. But awesome. No, it's a lot of fun. And yeah. again, it's one of those books that you can tear through in half an hour. Like Not because it, oh, easy, not yeah. just because it's, it's, it's only, what, six issues, but mm-hmm. it's actually that much fun to read where you just want to keep on turning the page to see what happens next. Next. So yeah, it was fun. Well, that leads us directly into our votes. So I've been asked by the judge to be the foreman. And I want y'all to know that we's gonna run a fair jury and a clean jury. It's time for a vote. Because we love you. And we don't want to waste your money. We will now vote on whether this week's book is fit for human consumption by you, our dear listener. Along with each vote. Our panel will also provide one piece of evidence to support their vote. Vote for Pedro. Do you expect me to talk? Vote for Pedro. Now who is the bond? I expect you to die. There is nothing you can talk to me about that I don't already know. Yay or nay as to whether or not this is worth people's hard-earned time and money. Uh, Todd, what's your vote? Yay. I mean, okay. and it's yay like for ages across the board. I want to be afraid to read this with the early tweens and on up. Yay. This book is awesome. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, Adam? Uh, definitely, yeah, yeah. It's a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I don't think it's quite as perfect as the reviews on the back of the trade say it is. <laughs> that, that's, I will say that, yeah. Because uh, that's like a dick-sucking contest. But, yeah. uh, and we all know I win those. So, uh, but no, it's, it's a yeah, lot of fun. Face. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's a lot of fun. It's really enjoyable. And it's you, you've got a main character who is just a really sweet, nice person who just happens to be able to be strong and not, and not get hurt. So... Yeah. So as a result of the contest, the pew 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 sound effects. Pew 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 pew. <laughs> I don't think Adam's heard that yet. I have. Yeah. You guys played it for oh, me yeah. like, when I was sitting over there and I couldn't talk and I sounded like oh god, Harvey Firestein. Maya, what's your vote? Oh yay, absolutely yay. As I read this book, it I, I almost ended up reading it too fast because I was so excited reading it uh, because mm-hmm. I enjoyed it that much. But yeah, definitely yay. I, like Todd said, I would say for for tweens on up, this is a book for almost anyone. Cool, and um, I recommended this book, and I deliberately picked it. I've put this on the list for a long time, so I'm going to say obviously yay. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember who originally recommended this to me. This was something that wasn't necessarily on my radar, and someone picked it up and said, "Yeah, you really should check this out." I don't remember what comic shop it was. I want to say it's Comic Tony's and Tunes in Tustin, but I don't remember. But yeah, I really do enjoy this book, and like a lot of people said, like I have a niece who's starting to get into reading a little bit, and she's a little bit interested in comics, and this is something like I wouldn't feel bad. I think she's maybe ten or eleven. I don't think I'd be. I don't think I'd feel bad sending this down to her. I don't think her mom would hate me 
for sending her this book. You know what I mean? It's pretty sweet. Yeah, and the main character is genuinely kind of a good dude. I mean, I mean really, the worst thing in the book is that they do use the retard word a lot. That is true, yes. But, but it's that's mostly... Really, that's really the worst thing in the book, and it's not like... And it's and used by really, the villains. Yeah, you know what I mean? used by the villains. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The bad people are the ones who use the wrong word. You know what I mean? So there's, there's something to be said there. Well, cool. Um, then I think that leads us to a great point where we all recommend that you should probably go read this book. It's great fun. It's a nice, sweet, heartwarming book. This was when we were talking about doing Christmas stuff for the month of December. This was something I kind of wanted to try to figure out a way to do on, around Christmas anyway, just because I feel like it's a sweet, heartwarming book in general. Um, so I'm glad we got to do it, and I'm glad everyone else enjoyed it. Uh, we'll get into full discussions and reviews and spoilerific spoils of all sorts of spoilitude on the other side of this break, but this gives you a chance. Don't laugh at my phraseology. Uh, this gives you a chance to uh, go and read it pause the podcast if you haven't read it already and if you have read it you know great keep plowing through and uh, we will see you on the flip side if you have yet to read this week's book and would like to read it now press pause go ahead we'll wait and welcome back so i hope you read it i hope you enjoyed it and uh, i think it's time for what's now become todd's role until next week apparently um, <laughs> yeah actually, for you. that's right yeah so preview for next week we're, we're doing two books today because frankly the holidays are coming up and i kind of wanted to knock out a couple just in case people wanted you know spend some time off on the holidays you know weird shit like that whatever some of these people on the podcast not me obviously have a life and i wanted to allow them the opportunity to have that uh so we're recording two today and um preview uh next week i think will be a lively conversation uh which is my nice way of saying i might be one of the few people who enjoyed the book there will be a lot of curse words on next there might be yeah yeah so it's now become todd's uh sort of traditional job as of now he uh because frankly he's so damn entertaining when he does it um we're gonna have todd do the lightning round lightning round begins now so we're gonna be reading here hawk by mark miller suck it brian <laughs> Raphael kirky and david mckaig issue one uh, you open up, you're on a backcountry road in a classic Ford truck, and you've got two country bumpkins going, hey, you hear something? The answer's nope, and then you see this all-American chisel-faced dude on top of it leaping from vehicle to vehicle, and you gotta love the um, shark fin type um, cars he's jumping onto, throwing us in a 1960s, 50s era, so... It's a nice setting in the mood moment. And you see him leaping and running and jumping and swimming. And it looks like he might be flying. And you're like, this dude is doing everything. And you can't figure out what's going on. And then he finds something. There's light in it. It's kind of a throwback to your good old Pulp Fiction. What's in the briefcase? Next page, he rings the doorbell. Ding dong. Someone, what's going on? He's like, oh, look, I found it for you. And people are like, oh, thanks. That's awesome. And next page, as you go into it, it's like, it's time we talked about Huck Diane. And they're like, who's this Huck? He's like, oh, he's a special kid. And we have a thing here. It's like, it's great. I want to talk more about him. It's like, please don't talk about him. But we'll talk about that more. It says, we found him dropped off when he was a young baby. Please love him was the note. So it was like baby Moses with a note of please love him. I love him. And they just raised him to be a good kid. And next, you go back to a flash to the future day. And you see him on Monday. It's like, good deeds for the week is on the top of his good to-do list. This is guy records his good deeds for the week. What kind of guy does that? So he's a gas station attendant, just gassing up somebody on a Monday. He's like, hey, Hawk, I'm looking for my track. My tractor is having trouble with this tree stump. Could you help me? He's like, yeah, sure. So it goes him and he says, helped him with the tree stump. On Tuesday, 
It looks like he's taken out all the garbage for the whole town because he's cool like that. On Wednesday, he's like, you're going to the drive-thru, you're not in a car, what's up with that? He just bought lunch for everyone in the drive-thru behind him. He makes all of us look bad. On Thursday, it's in the middle of the night, the car almost hits him. Someone goes, what the hell? It's like, I'm sorry, Mrs. Taylor, I'm just here helping out. And they found a fisherman. He's like, oh, he saved him. And then he's back in his bed, chilling out, reading the sign of please love him. So he's looking, wondering who left him and why. And says, please love him. Possible good deeds for Friday. His choices are leave the 58 bucks I saved up in a library book for a stranger, mow the lawn for the old people in town, tell Raph to take the day off and do his shift for him. And four, leave a note for Mrs. Blake telling her how brave she's been since her big operation. This guy just makes all of us look bad, and it makes me want to be a better person, and it makes me ashamed and want to punch him because he's a better person than I am. Um, next page, you see a plane, you see people with guns, and it looks like in the Middle East or somewhere scary, and there's people with hostages, and it says, you don't need school fillings your head with nonsense, we're going to go back to the Dark Ages. There's a big noise, what's going on? People are on the ground and you see Huck taking off people's glasses and breaking the guns and saying, you need to be nice to people. He beats up all the bad people and he's like, do me a favor. Then you see this next thing. Oh, it was in Nigeria and they were magically saved and no one knows why. And the town of Huck lives in Go, we know why. He's back in bed. My favorite part about that, I have to say, is that he bribed all the people he's just saved with candy so they won't tell who he yeah. is. So he's, yeah, not only does he come and like kick all these like terrorist ass, but then he also has candy to give to the victims, being like, hey, whatever you do, just don't say that who saved you. It's amazing. Right, he brings candy for the kids. That's awesome. Next morning, his dog is licking him on the face. He's like, oh, give me a moment, I'm tired, because he just kicked the Nigerian's ass. And his house is apparently surrounded by reporters, and he's like, oh my gosh, what's going on here? End of issue one. Issue two, um, Siberia, 1981. Is this a flashback, flash forward? Eh, we don't really know. But it is Siberia in 1981, and so we're here with the Russians, and you see a submarine, and you see a woman going, hmm, looking for a postcard from his mother, and then the Russians are going, yes, we are looking for him, and she's like, thank you, Orlov, and then goes back to Vermont this morning, so you would think it's after 1981 because it put the time there. And you got him there again and says this 34-year-old attendant known locally as Huck is to believe inside and we're back to the journalists and everything else talking about this. And it seems what's going on outside. He's like, well, I'm just here for my violin lesson. And you see this woman here and she touches for teaching the violin, touches the kid, goes to sleep, he falls asleep. And you've got the old lady and people outside going, what's going on? And you see Huck inside this place, not wanting to go face the public because he's not really good with people in that way. It's like, can't they just leave me alone? And so people come out and they're trying, as they're going back through, says, please talk. So he comes out to the journalist. He's like, hey, I'm just trying to get past. Leave me alone. He's like, well, hmm? hold on. They skipped one step okay. though. Because he's looking out the window and he sees a woman crying with a picture and he thinks that she needs help, which is why he leaves yes, the house. Yes, thinks he needs help. But he has no intention of going to see the journalist. The journalist. He, he just sees somebody who thinks needs help and that's why he goes Yes, outside. because he is altruistic as fuck. Way to go, Huck. So he comes out, speaks to the woman with the photographs, like, is there something I can do for you? He's like, I'm looking for my husband. He disappeared five years ago. And no one seems to help me, so I need some help. 
And so he takes a look at that, and then another person says, could you help us find our daughter? And someone else comes up, could you help me find my brother? And the other's like, can you help me find my dog? And he's like, busy writing this down. And it's like, missing husband, missing daughter, missing brother, missing dog. And it's like, oh, I can find that. And it's like, no. While I go look for these people, go to my neighbor's house. They'll give you some coffee, and I'll be pretty much on his way. And then he goes and runs away from the journalists. And then you see him leaping and jumping and going faster than all the cars and going over buildings and riding on trains. Not in the train, but he's like on top of the train because it's faster that way. And as he's going right there, people are going, oh, what's going on here? And then you see one dude going, crap, I need to get out of here. And it's like, what? This is no time to explain. You see this dude in this... He's just wearing a wife beater. Life's been hard on him. He's probably smoking and drinking too much, like we're all gonna look here in a few months. He's like, I need to get out of here. Opens the door, and there's Huck going, well, hello, I'm there. And the guy's like, this is embarrassing to his girlfriend. So apparently he has found one of them. Next shot, they're in Afghanistan, riding in a truck, and in the back of it, someone's tied up, and you see these creepy looking guys with oversized knives going, used to see him saving the brother or the father it's somebody else there it says where are we going and is the guy you say where we're going it's like we're going to the airport because we're going to have you take you back to the states so you can see your family next page we're now in science city 33 siberia but it doesn't give a date so you know it's current time and you see this creepy looking guy that looks kind of like rasputin with the bald head crazy beard and he's doing that sort of thing and he's watching the news and he sees huck on it and he says, hmm, that's interesting on TV. Let's watch this carefully. And you see another guy with a very unkempt, crazier beard and a ball cap that says OMG right on it and Devil's Riders. And he's like, that's my brother up there. We're going to go get him. End of issue two. Now we're on three. Camden, New Jersey. You see someone walking down there. He's like, where are you going? He's like, I've come to find Lindsay. He says, there's nobody here called Lindsay. He's like, you're just going to get your ass shot, white guy. You need to get out of here. So as he's going through, he's going through a drug den, and he goes in, and he finds this woman. He says, Lindsay, can you hear me? I'm a friend of your mom and dad's. He's like, well, I'm going to take you home. So this guy has found the daughter, and he's taking him out of the drug den while people are threatening him, and he's just being nice about it. And they keep threatening him, and those people says, we're going to hurt you, man. And he um, carefully takes care of them, and he fenestrates the people that aren't behaving well, and he takes Lindsay back home. Defenestrates, that's your word of the day. It means the act of throwing shit out of a window. It's a great word. Because also fenestration is the arrangement of windows on a building. Right. So, yeah. So I learned that in period styles in college. There you go. But nerd. Nerd. I just love defenestration. I love that word. So anytime I can use it, I do. Next, they're in Rockport, Maine. He's going on. He's opening up a rock. He's going into a cave, and he finds a dog. Oh, look, he found the dog. And he's like, excellent. He's now crossing off. Found the husband, found the daughter, found the brother, found the dog. I did my deed. One month later, there's all these clippings of him in the newspaper. Someone's making a scrapbook of. Uh, an old lady is making the scrapbook. And she's still talking to Zoe, going, you know, Huck's not doing it to be recognized. He's just doing it to be nice. And we need to take care of Huck because Huck takes care of us. And Huck's like, do I really? And he comes in with a suit and harm. He's like, do I really need to wear this tux? He's like, it's a black tie event. You should. He's like, fine. So he dresses. He's looking in his room going, I guess I'll dress up and join this. So he's looking around going, I am so uncomfortable in this ballroom. But here we go. And you see people clapping and saying, you're the man and politicians glad handing. And he's just so uncomfortable. 
And he's talking to people that's VH1 because who doesn't love VH1? It's all about behind the music. <laughs> and then. Do they even still do behind the music? I don't know. Do they really s- was all about the video? Video? I don't, no one watches MTV. It was all about the surreal life. The surreal See, life. True. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I watched one season of that. It was one with it was Tammy Faye Baker, uh, Ron Jeremy, Mimi, uh, Vanilla Ice. Did they do a one, season past that? Because that's the only season I remember as well. They did like four. They did. They did a bunch Troy of Verner was Troy Verner. Yeah. Yeah. Troy Verner. Troy Troyer. Whatever. And actually, when they when he was, yeah, uh, was that the uh, season what? that he was like, drunk and pissing in yeah. the closet? Yeah. And when when he the uh, Comic Con, they're like, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, our friend interviewed him for the, the panel. They're like, you know, is there anything you don't want to talk about? He's yeah. like, I don't want to talk about VH1. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like, well, someone brought it up, and he was actually very, like, he had a, this is a total off topic. We're totally ruining oh, our way, but I just think it's interesting. But no, his perspective on it was, he goes, look, everybody has a really bad day. Mine just happened to be captured on film, and everyone saw it. He goes, it's embarrassing, but it's not the end of the world. You know what I mean? And like, he had a really good take on the whole situation yeah. you know what i mean like it was he like you could tell like yeah he wasn't thrilled about it but he was like well it's my life that's what's gonna happen you know what i mean so yeah yeah and anyway, sorry life Continue. is dirty so he's back in this ballroom surrounded by politicians wanting to take a picture of him with the governor and they're all glad handing and you can't see someone more uncomfortable than being surrounded by all these people next shot he's back in his hotel room and he's just reading the sign please love him and then he's crying and he's going and someone went and he's just really distraught you see a bunch of black cats and he calls room service and he's like you know what can i get a bunch of fish and chicken dinners and you see him now feeding stray cats so even though he's so uncomfortable he's feeding stray cats and this guy's so incredibly nice it makes me want to hate him for how cool he is not the fawns hate him but hate him nonetheless um so he's going right there he sees some homeless veterans out there he's like dude there he is here and he goes well how can i help you guys out he says, what's going on? He's like, well, I'm going home. He's like, no sense. You should take my room. And he's telling these homeless guys, I don't need it. You can have my room, and there's free breakfast in the morning. And you see him off and running, going back home. So he's leaping tall buildings. He's running faster than train cars. And he's just jumping all around, heading home where he wants to be. And then while he's on top of a train, someone goes, hello, hot. And he's like, oh, my gosh. Someone recognized me. Oh, hi, Badger. We have Badger enjoying things. And so he's talking about this, like, who's this? He's like, Huck, I'm your brother. Don't you want to go meet mom? And he's like, holy cow, mom. Yes, end of issue three. Next issue four, Siberia, 1981. You see a barefoot woman running through the snow in a big gown with a big belly holding on it, running away from villainous people and obviously communist snowmobiles because you got to <laughs> have that gold star on a snowmobile to know they're communist bad guys. Well, otherwise, they could be Nazis, so we don't they know. They could be Nazis, but Siberia, snow, ice, and gold-starred snowmobiles with machine guns. Yeah, they're the communists. They're the bad guys. And she's running down, and there's people in front of her going, we'll take her down, and they're shooting at her, and she leaps over them and um, goes over the cliff. And Oh, nope, she doesn't go over the cliff. She breaks the cliff and has them all fall down in the water. And then she dives into the Siberian ocean icy water, and they're going, where is she? Let's shoot the water to be sure, because she's scary. And we're going to dive in the water to find her, and no one can find her. And it's disappeared. Maine, last night. So we're done with the flashback, and it's back, and we see his brother Tom talking about 
his mother, and he's going, yeah, we found him when she was 16, she had him, and the Russians were trying to make super soldiers out of her, and they were trying to make copies, because she was pretty cool, and then he was born, and we were twins, and we were born together, and she fell in love with the professor, I thought she did, but then she escaped by crushing his head and running away, and after running away and escaping, they made it to America, and then she gave up her son, so he would be safe. And he's like, I know she's safe, but she saved us, dude. And we're going to go find her so we can be a family again. And her name is Anna Polina Mariana Kozar, because that's a great Russian name. But Say that five times fast. Anna Polina Mariana Kozar. I could do that, but I won't. I thought you were going to actually do it. No. Tease. Yeah, I was kind of hopeless. But it is a tease nonetheless. My wife says that a lot. <laughs> that poor woman. That poor. She hasn't killed me yet. I don't know why. I know, and you guys have been married for a long time. Well, I've known each other for, here's TMI, guys. Next month, I met her 20 years ago. Jeez. Goddamn, I'm old, right? Yeah, but I've known you since I was 12, so I've known you well longer than I've ever, like, not known you. How does that make you feel, Brian? I'm okay with it. I think I have a weirder time when I've lived outside of Utah longer than I lived inside of Utah. That's going to be weird. My weird time is when I lived in Utah longer than Texas, but I don't Yeah, I remember that. that. We had a lot of side notes on this lightning round, by the way. But it was a lot of side notes. Yep. I'm dragging it out. All right, so it's him and it's Tom and it's home. We're going to go find Mom as they're flipping through and they're going on and a truck is fighting through. And then it jumps through and they there was a car accident and trucks fell over. Wild animals got away and you see Huck helping all the wild animals between gathering up the giraffes and making sure the ducks got back. And then they're making it to Vermont, and you see this old lady that was a violin teacher going, hmm, what's going on here? And then it switches back between scenes of Tom and Huck. You'd think they thought about that. Tom ah, I yeah. see what they did there. Uh, yeah. see what they did there. Yeah. It's Tom and Huck. How American is that? So, and it's like, ding dong, who's at the door? It's like, Mom, it's your boys. And then all of a sudden, you've got Tom beats the crap out of everyone with a super powerful... Super Saiyan type blast or a Ryu. I don't know what it is, but he basically goes, They're both down, we got them. <laughs> and you've got Return of Rasputin going, Great, I was going to find you eventually, Anna Maria Helena. I don't remember her name anymore. And at the end of the episode, issue. Episode, it's an episode. Episode! Uh, issue five, you've got Rasputin saying scary things. We're in a Science City 33. It's not on the map because the Soviets are weird that way. It says, we were spending all the money trying to find you, but now that we've reclaimed you, we've got a sperm donor who's going to make an army of things. And as you can see, Tom is not really your brother. He's a robot. But he was just built to capture you guys, and now we're not going to need the robots anymore. And the guy goes back, and you've got Rasputin going back to the Kremlin. Ha ha ha, I'm glad you guys were patient. Now don't you see how awesome I am? And you that were not awesome to me and then tried to shut me down, I'm going to kill you because I'm a vindictive little bitch. And then you see Tom back in this holding cell, watching the two in the holding cell with a big pane of glass going, that's super reinforced, because reinforced isn't enough. It's super reinforced. <laughs> you can't get out of here. It says you can't escape. It held you for five years. Huh, Mom? And he's like, Mom, don't listen to him. You're a great mother, because you had me give me a good life, and you did a great job. Thank you so much. And they're holding, and she's like, you don't understand. And he's like, you can't get out. And he's like, but you don't understand. Mom has superpowers. If she touches someone, she can make him do anything. Mom, will you have me open the door? And you see Tom's face go, holy shit, that's not cool. And big noises start happening, and you see a little thing 500 miles away. 
And he's like, did you feel that? So, you know, you got Huck hitting some super reinforced stuff that it causes an earthquake or a feeling of an earthquake 500 miles away. Comes back in, Huck breaks through the super reinforced, beats Tom down, and it just shows like a fire and flames thing. Raphael Albuquerque's art is pretty cool here. He does a lot of great attention to detail on faces, but all the background is not detailed at all. So you just have the focus on the moment and the movement. Back into Siberia, telling Rasputin they escaped. Let's get him out of here. This looks like another robot chick. She throws him in a truck and she goes jumping like Huck does, going after him. They're going to fight. Still fighting Tom. They're going back and forth. He's like, I'm a machine. I don't give up. I don't get tired. I'm going to beat you. It's like, yes, but I'm here to protect my mom and my mom. And I'm awesome because of that. So he kills both robots and the other communist Russians go, fuck, we're just going to give up. They throw down their guns and like, now we're in Siberia, what we're going to do? He's like, I'm going to get the professor so he can't hurt us anymore. Goes back and forth and then mom catches up with the professor, touches on the forehead and go. He's reading to and says, there's a coded word, take them all out. And she's like, do it, take them all out. And Helena Mariana Kozar is the coded word. Everything blows up and the professor's like, I will get you. I will kill you. You're not going to stop me. I will never stop. And then she touches him again and says, forget everything you know about science. So you know a super professor that has forgotten everything by science. She has effectively negated all of his powers. And they hug and they walk off. And he goes back home and then Hug goes, holy shit, I've been trapped all this time, but I forgot to do my good deeds for each day. What a bastard. And he's like, great. So I'm going to go. He baked a pie for old Mr. Beatty. He helps some people stuck in a flood. So he's got like a door and helping people come out all Superman-like. He gave $20 to a political party. He told Zoe, you know, you're special and cute. He found mom's missing kitten. And they were finally back in Vermont as he was helping people move in while putting a fridge on his shoulder. It's like, I'm here to help people out. I'm back home. And people's like, Huck, you're awesome. And he's like, I'm just happy to help guys. He says, don't think anything big of it. And then the old lady comes over. I'm sorry. And Zoe goes to apologize. I'm sorry for making a big deal about how awesome you are. And it's like, I forgive you. And no hard feelings. You're awesome. Now, four months later, we're back in Siberia or Moscow. No, it's Russia because the colors are all cold. And it's not warm and fuzzy like it is in America. And you see a guy at a gas station attendant that happens to be Rasputin. So as what Huck was, Rasputin has become, but not really. And he's like, fill her up, getting ready for the long ride. And so you just have Rasputin filling up a gas tank, not being a science man anymore. End of book. Ta-da! That was not. There, there was nothing. There was nothing lightning about that lightning. No, but I kept getting distracted. I think we all kept distracting you, but I'm just pointing out that there is nothing lightning about that lightning. Yeah, there were things to talk about. There were things, there were to, things talk to talk about. about. I really did enjoy going back to Raphael Albuquerque's art with this. Is he did draw the characters well, but and none of his things were the backgrounds ever in high detail. I mean, it was just big, broad brushstrokes of things enough to give you an impression am I outside is there mountains am I indoors but there was um, you don't get lost in the background the focus is pure characters and it's only about the characters as it goes through and it 
worked out really well, I think, in that way. Well, I really like Albuquerque's work because he also does um, American, American Vampire, Vampire yep. which, mm-hmm. which I bought a bunch of them off of Mr. Maya. So I know Mr. Maya's uh, at least read them or looked through yeah. them. And I, I love his work in that book as well. And he also did um, Blue Beetle back in back a little while ago, too, and it was really good. It is interesting. I mean, I know it's partially the color palette. I know it's partially things, but it's interesting to watch an artist. I'm so familiar with him doing stuff that is evil and dark and vampires and whatever, and then have it be something kind of sweet and genteel. There's a slight different vibe to his art. Like, it's, it's very much you can identify the artist, but it's interesting to see that difference in tone from book to book. Like, at least for me, I thought that was very fascinating, kind of interesting. So, Adam, what's your thoughts? No, it's a really fun book, and what I really enjoyed was it's always kind of fun to see a main character who is kind of an everyman, and in this case, someone who, you know, if we were to put them in real life, might be somewhere like on the autism spectrum. And we kind of got some of that with like, the last Power Ranger movie where the, where the characters actually said, hey, I'm on the spectrum. But you really had this guy who wasn't, I mean, he wasn't good looking. He was just a normal Joe who was trying to do the right thing. And I think sometimes you, you kind of get lost in that. And as much as we enjoy, you know, seeing our heroes who are a bit cynical or have, you know, who are flawed people, it's almost kind of nice to have someone who actually like, like Todd was saying, like he's, he's so good, you kind of want to hate him because he has, <laughs> he has so much good stuff. It's kind of nice because every you know there's the world's so cynical and especially right now with the way things a lot of things are in our country and political climate there's they're just so jaded that you don't get that like hey I'm just here to do good and yeah yeah I have these really cool superpowers and you know but I'm, I want to keep it to myself I was like honestly my good deed for the day like we said was taking out the trash for everyone or I, I paid for everyone behind me at the the, the restaurant and. You just don't get that much more in comics, and that's why we we said it's really funny because looking at Mark Miller's other Mark Miller's other work. Ah, uh, drink, right? fucker. <laughs> <laughs> Can you make that a sound bite too? Your drink, fucker. <laughs> that one's nice. I, I, I'll do that. I'll, I'll I'll make that a sound clip. Note yeah. to future Brian editing this podcast that now becomes a drop. That's but, right. Yeah, but it's also it's, it's so different from the other work he's done, and so it, again, it's nice to see kind of more of a positive outlook. But then you got fun with it. Like we've, mm-hmm. we've got the whole thing with like the communists and the Russians and Rasputin and you know really really fucked up messed up situations but this guy just gets through them all because he's a good person and yes he has superpowers but he's using them for the right reason not for money or anything else it almost makes me think of the beginning of like Spider-Man Homecoming where he's like, I helped an old lady today. She bought me a churro. churro. She yeah. was nice. <laughs> like, yeah, he's he's like an uncomplicated sp- Superman. You know what I mean? Where Superman, you're always kind of there's this ethical question of, you know, what makes what really makes Superman kind of interesting is the fact that he could rule the entire planet and decides mm-hmm. not to for the right reasons. It's sort of like he ha- he doesn't have he has the powers of Superman and he does the right things like Superman does, but he's not quite as complicated as an individual. His motives are far more pure and far more. Um, almost innocent, which there's something kind of beautiful and wonderful about that. And the other thing I wanted to throw in there is, speaking of Todd's wanting to hate this guy for being so good, um, no, there's actually a very <laughs> funny book uh, similar to that. Uh, it's by, oh, shit. It's Willow Six. He's one of my favorite living authors, but I always fucking forget his name. That's the weirdest thing ever. Orson uh, Scott Carden? No. Oh. Yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> my sister dated his son. <laughs> Your sister would. Um, she totally did. Yeah, but no, there's a book called How to Be Good. It's the same guy who wrote High Fidelity and About a Boy and Why Am I Blanking on His Name. Anyway. Is it uh, Nick Hornby? No. Hornby, yes. Way to go, Maya. Thank you, Maya. Like I said, I love his work. I have the hardest time remembering his shit. Like, I've read almost every one of his novels, and I have the hardest time remembering his name. But in his book about uh, uh, How to Be Good, 
this woman basically sort of tells her husband that she thinks she wants a divorce and rather than him being like like she's really annoyed with him because he just ends up becoming like a really good person like he finds this weird sort of religion it's like this sort of meta like new age kind of guy named dj feelgood and he starts following this guy and so like she wants to hate him she wants to be like this guy's an asshole and that's why i'm divorcing him but then he becomes like a super nice super good guy and she gets super frustrated it's all from her perspective about like that fucker went and paid for like dinner for all the kids and made sure that i got enough sleep and woke up early in the morning and made me breakfast in bed that son of a bitch like it's really funny so uh that kind of just reminded me todd's reaction to that kind of reminded me yeah no i I totally get that and you know he is such a sweet good-hearted guy i mean he's lenny with restraint as much as a lot of things he's got a lot more strength and whatnot but there's a restraint to him and he just there there's a purity to him and he doesn't like let outside events get him down yeah and he just naturally sees the best and everything and like it's like i mean he's totally missing his family and his mom says i failed you i'm so sorry and he's like mom you sent me to a place where i grew up fairly happy and safe and filled with love and she's he's like you couldn't have done anything better it was wonderful, and he just, with all that, it's not even forgiveness in there with his mother. It was a gratitude mm-hmm. of a, this was a tough situation. It was really tough for you, and you did the best thing for me And recognizing that as well. He's like, it's amazing, and I love you for it. And it's just, they're in this dark situation. He's like, you're still awesome, and I still love you, and you're still amazing, and it's so great. And he's like, do something for me. Have me break out of the cell now. And she's like, I can do that. And it's through the power of the two of them working together is what gets them free. It was a nice little motif he pulled off. And that Tom and Huck thing didn't hit me until the very moment I said that while reading the long <laughs> yeah. around. And I'm like, and it's Tom and Huck. And I'm like, oh, I oh, see what you did yeah. there. Hmm. Thank you. Well, and not to get two first year, you know, one, or one year of psychology classes um, out of it. But the one thing that I also think is very interesting is that a power that he has, like, I mean, he has obviously has strength and stuff like that, but one of the things that he has that a lot of people don't have, because, like, you look at the, the powers of things that normal people have, is he has a really good ability to see other people's motives as being good, even if they fucked things up. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. he sees his mom's motives, like, she's upset that, like, she doesn't feel like she spent enough time with him and that she made him unhappy that he was looking for him, and he sees that she was trying to protect him and trying to give him a good life. The woman who outs him, he sees that she was trying to get him recognition for how wonderful he was like it ended up fucking things up and it didn't go the way she wanted but he has this ability to see like no your your intentions are actually good and the only person he really kind of fucks with really if you look at it, is the politician who i think he gets a sense is kind of using him mm-hmm. so he's like here homeless guys just surprise this senator in the morning when you show up to <laughs> yeah. breakfast you know what i mean like yeah. here, just go ahead that'll be fine you know what i mean which there's something kind of great and fun about that as well sure and i mean they so. did make a sign on the thing it is like homeless veterans what's the governor going to do kick the old yeah. the veterans out so yeah, sure. he's like look yeah. at this guy doing all these great things and he's got to eat crow and just kind of gnash his teeth sitting there because he wouldn't want him there but well yeah then there's that thing that he's going to donate to his political campaign because he kind of yeah. ruined it because the you know i'm sure the did not handle things well right you know so I felt bad so. for how I acted. So here's twenty bucks for your campaign. That's his way of making. Yeah, exactly. So, I, th- I think he like has enough enough knowledge or understanding of people. Like I think he can kind of spot good people, bad yeah. people. You know what I mean? And it's like he's not a good guy. I kind of feel bad for him as a human being, but I don't feel bad enough to like go out and stand up and say, "No, he's a great guy." You know what I mean? He's like, yeah, yeah I'm not going to do that. But here's twenty bucks. Yeah. And now I assuaged my guilt. Yeah, for sure. So. Well, cool. Well, I have a cocktail to go along with this week's book. Behold, we finally fulfill the second half of our title and make with the fire water. Alcoholics, 
since this issue is coming or this episode is coming out near Christmas, it's sort of Christmas themed. It's a punch so you can share it with your neighbors and do a good deed. Mm-hmm. And it's called Santa's Little Helper. Nice. So what it is is it's one bottle of champagne, or if, you know you want to share with your neighbors who are under the age of drinking and want to make non-alcoholic. You can use uh, lemon lime sodas like Sierra Mist or Sprite. Uh, one bottle of cranberry juice blend. One cup of sugar. Try to use a super fine sugar if you can find it. I just like saying super fine. <laughs> one cup of lemonade concentrate thawed. One cup of orange juice concentrate thawed. And ice and water. Um, like it's sort of water to, to taste, I guess. And garnish with uh, lemon slices, cranberries, and fresh rosemary sprigs if you so desire. So, Adam, I know you have a cocktail. Would you like to share it with us? Oh, yeah, mine's called the Reluctant Superhero. You take one ounce of gin, one ounce of lemon juice, a half an ounce of control. And one teaspoon of simple syrup. You combine all ingredients in a cocktail shaker with ice. You shake the shit out of it, and then you strain out into a cocktail glass. Nice. Uh, Maya, do you have a cocktail? I do. Uh, mine is, uh, we're just going to borrow from the name of the character. It's Huckleberry Lemonade. Oh, nice. Uh, it is made by combining one part of Huckleberry Vodka with one and a half parts of lemonade and served over ice. Nice. Um... Mm. Todd, do you have one? Yeah, mine's um another reference to the character, but this is a throwback to the Mark Twain. It's called the Huck Finn. Oh, I'm looking here. It's one and a half ounces of Huckleberry Vodka, half ounce of Blue Curacao, and four ounces of lemonade. And you just shake the shit of that together, and you have a basil simple syrup. You put in a half ounce of that, and you drink, and it's delish. Nice. we got some tasty drinks. Yeah. I'm excited for those. Does anybody have anything else they want to bring up before we get into final grades and all that kind of stuff? So Mark uh, no. Miller, I mean, we've talked about how this is the whole, like, the most non-Miller of Miller books. Yeah. And it's, and we make the comment, I mean, it, there's a purity and a sweetness to it, and but it's still, I mean, it's fun. It's got some great action moments, and you can even see it's very um, cinematic at times that Miller does seem to be doing so well. Yeah. So we talk about it's non-Miller, but it still really is. It's just that he can't use any bad words or gr- he can't be gratuitous so it's Miller without the gratuity yeah so yeah I mean and he, and he just has this this he's like I'm gonna write the most pure superhero kind of character I can and see how far he like uh, in the other spectrum but it's there's still a lot of hallmarks of it being Miller and I enjoy that yeah, so, I, yeah. I, I think it, having like the subplot of like the Russians getting involved and all that stuff, that's that's a very sort of Mil- Miller trait. You know, I mean, like if you look at like American Jesus, it starts out as you have this person with unique set of skills and somehow there's a subplot that's going to manipulate or, or come into play on all of that. You know, I mean, that's a kind of a common thing. We didn't really discuss, I mean, for those people who have listened to the show and haven't really read you know a lot of mark miller stuff part of what his reputation is is that sort of similar to i think some of the conversations we had when we read uh preacher his reputation is like garth ennis's of being like super over the top like just bloody and uh you know horrific and like lots of swearing i mean he wrote kick-ass the comic which um i just read the third book of it which has an interesting wrap-up to it but still not entirely satisfying that's a totally different issue um Mm-hmm. But, like, I mean, that's sort of, like, it's sort of his reputation for it. And I, I'm almost wondering, and I'm starting to feel like this, and I was kind of getting curious if other people were thinking the same thing. Between Starlight and Huck, is there maybe, like, a, a, a later career Mark Miller that is a kinder, gentler Miller? Is that what we're reading? You know what I mean? Is, is that where we're coming across? Because we're not really running into the stuff that, like, the early stuff that was super gratuitous and over the top. There's a lot of... um 
it's a, a almost a sweeter quality to some of the work especially the stuff we've read this month i mean i think the most hardcore thing we read was probably old man logan you know what i mean which had some of the hallmarks yeah. of his stuff some of the like at least not the language but definitely some of the violence uh, especially that last issue where he just goes on a rampage that very much screams you know his work so mm-hmm. i don't know i was kind of curious as what everybody's opinion of it, of his legacy versus some of the stuff we've read and is that an is that a modern trend towards his work or do you i don't maya might know is there still stuff he's putting out that's sort of in his traditional over-the-top vein what kick-ass three yeah they're the top vein i read kick-ass three and it, it kind of was but it also kind of wrapped it up like it had it had a little more of an emotional core to it than some of the other stuff did you know what i mean he's about to do a new kick-ass also with a different character oh really mm-hmm. like okay. someone taking up the mantle so i don't kick know vagina. If, what's that kick vagina. vagina. yeah nice i think it is uh, mm-hmm. a lady Taking up the role. I mean, there well, the is a hit girl. Is a hit girl like? No, no, no it's a completely okay. different character. Uh, you know, I haven't read really any of his other stuff that's currently coming out, like Jupiter's Legacy, or yeah. Uh, he just did something called Empress and one called uh, Reborn, I think. I will say in Kickass, he like self references references his own comic books constantly. Like anytime there's like a comic book shop in the background or whatever, there's his comic books are all over the place. Like it's really funny. It's 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 sort of one of those like, oh look, I'm going to advertise myself in my own comic book just for his own personal amusement, I guess. That's funny. Well you he's got his Miller world. <laughs> yeah. And he sold everything to Netflix, right? Yeah. So is what he's writing trying to be more translate to the screen and hit a wider audience because as much fun as it being super ultra violent and gratuitous and over the top it's got a bit more of a niche market and is he trying to write stuff that opens up the market oh i, I, I bet so i don't i mean i also don't know if netflix needs that you know what i mean netflix doesn't sure it doesn't have fcc rules no it doesn't but it does have i mean the viewers count and netflix knows better than anyone who's watching what yeah. So, it, it seems like he's always written with with it in mind to whatever he's writing is going to get get translated to screen. Yeah, I mean, whether it's a it really TV show or that way. Um, real quick, that Reborn book I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. I had to double check. He uh, he did with Greg Capullo. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, uh, who I sat next to in New York City. I'm very proud of that. But you didn't buy him a drink. I was with my parents, and I didn't want to bother him. Like he, <laughs> my thing is, if you walk that many blocks away from the con to have lunch, you don't want to be bothered by some geek. Like that's, it, it probably has something to do with the training that I've received at my current place of employment. But if someone is left where they're at to get that far away, they don't want to be bothered. You know what I mean? So I'm just not going to. That's sort of my my thought process. Like. And maybe someday he'll listen to this and be like, yeah, man, it would have been cool. But I'll be like, yeah, but I was at least nice enough to say, like, I'm going to leave you the fuck alone so you can at least have lunch with your friends and not have some fanboy drooling over you because you've drawn Batman for the last decade. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, but I also wonder, I mean, it's just been one of those things where I sometimes, sometimes I've read, I haven't encountered it in comics quite as much, but I have encountered it like in other, like in novels or whatever. Like sometimes you'll, you'll see a person who writes sort of extreme stuff and then they they have kids or they have a big life change of some kind and they kind of become oh, yeah. a kinder gentler version and i'm wondering, like eddie murphy very much so yeah for sure you know yeah oh yeah you know um so like so I'm like, how are we there yet too who gives a fuck exactly. <laughs> oh yeah so i mean like so that it's not uncommon and like the thing is it's it's not that he's lost his skill set. It's just that he's doing things differently, and maybe he just has. Is it a bit of it like a been there, done that? So let's try something well, new and different. The thing is, well, I guess more of my thought. There's a Nietzsche quote, and I'm not going to say this right, so please don't. I, I know the gist of it, 
but I, I'm going to say this wrong. And so please, if you're a Nietzsche expert, don't get mad at me for this. But so it's a Nietzsche, this is a paraphrase. This is a paraphrase. But it says something to the effect of that someone asked about um, like growth and uh, development. And, and basically he, he said was, all I can tell you is, is that when bread is being baked, it makes lots of noise until it's done and then it stops making noise. And so it was always one of those things of like, it's kind of like that punk rock thing. Like when you're growing and developing and you're getting angry, you make a lot of noise. And then we saw, I see old punk rockers, they've sort of grown up and started to understand the world a little bit and they mellow out. You know what I mean? It's just like that mellowing with age. And almost, maybe it's just part of that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So. Sure. But yeah, I, if I'm sure there's some person out there who's a big Nietzsche fan. who's like, that's not fucking right at all. But, and it might not even be Nietzsche. It might be kicking guard. Fuck. I don't remember which one it is. <laughs> <laughs> I read please, that like please, I read it. Please direct all all, all, uh, yeah, just, okay. all complaints to just email. Yeah, funnybooksandfirewater at gmail <laughs> I get that email address. Just send it to me. I'm sorry. Just you know, whatever. Okay. What well, does email send? Send to the yeah. Scruff account at, managed by Adam. <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, I mean, and, and if you if if you uh, please don't send dirty pictures to the email address because I won't put them on them. <laughs> I was thinking about that for a second. I'm like, I don't want that inundation of things. <laughs> Actually, oh my gosh, one of the best things ever. So I had mm-hmm. um, my former roommate, Marty. Um, he, uh, he propositioned a friend of mine for uh, for dick pics. Mm-hmm. And so my friend, just for fun, looked up online the most infected, gross <laughs> penis he could find ever. <laughs> and sent that, like, just looked it up and then sent it to him just to fuck with him. It was one of the funniest things ever. Like, I've never seen him so horrified. Like, he nearly threw his horn across the room. He was like, oh my god! It was really funny. Way to go, that man. person is now a manager, so there's that. There's that. <laughs> I love that you convinced Marty I was a reverend for a while. No. Oh, I convinced more than Marty. There were several people I worked with who thought you were a reverend. Todd came out to my birthday, and I kept referring to him as reverend. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we, we went to, like, Dave & Buster's, and finally, like, we're playing games or whatever, and I think we're playing, like, Area 51, because that's what Todd and I play all mm-hmm. the time. And, like, we got we got killed by some, you know alien coming from the left or something like that and he's like oh fuck and people are like oh, the reverend swore and i was like and like what and i was like oh yeah by the way they all think you're a reverend <laughs> and i kept calling him reverend and so they thought he was super religious it was really fun it was a funny was awesome yeah it was way to go yeah anyway does anyone else have anything else they want to throw in on this book it's a really it's... enjoyable book it's one of the most because like even even though i wasn't here for the other books i still read them and mm-hmm. i can definitely yeah. say like it's up there with some of my favorite mark miller books i mean american jesus is probably still my favorite but it's yeah. Uh, it, it's nice not to have such a cynical take on life and or change. I, I can yeah. say this one probably is my favorite Mark Miller book. I think I like and Starlight it, a little bit more. And it makes well, this book makes me want to be a better person. <sighs> oh, I, I will be honest with you. After I read this book, I granted I knew who it was, but I was going through like a drive-through and I knew the guy pulling up behind me. I worked with him. I bought, I paid for my meal and their meal just for fun. <laughs> like after I read this book, I'm like. Here. I'll be nice. I'm just gonna, like I'm gonna surprise them. So when they pull up, they get really confused because like I'll, I got a text message a little bit later, being like, "Did you buy my food?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I did." And they're like, "Oh, okay, thanks." And then they we were actually off. I was in and out the other day for for lunch, and we got to the window, and the lady's like, "Oh, the guy, the guy in front of you paid for your meal." And we're like, "Oh, I go pay for the guy behind us." And then we paid for his, and then we're like, "How how many cars has this been going through?" And she's like, "You're like number 17. Holy nice, awesome. nice. That's yeah, nice. Cool. Yeah. I have a friend for um, her birthday and her kids. What, what she does because she doesn't really want presents. So she takes her kids and they they go and they do like random acts of kindness for like the whole day. Like that's basically what they do. Is they like they'll go buy like a bunch of Starbucks gift cards and just randomly give them to people and like stuff like that, which is kind of cool. Cool thing like for her to be including her kids in. But anyway, Todd, I cut you off. I'm sorry. 
No, you're good. So my wife and I will leave the house near the same time some days, and we'll both go to Starbucks on our way to work. So I'll beat her there, and I see that she's, like, behind me. And so I'll just pay for her. And as she goes up, he was like, dude, the dude in front of you paid for you. He's like, oh, thanks. That's sweet. And they're like, oh, what's he? He's like, oh, it's my husband. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it seems cute and all, but it's all coming from the same it's account anyway. the same account. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It just gets me brownie points. Take them where you can get them. Mm-hmm. I think we can go in circles gushing some more. We can jump into votes. How's that sound? I'm good to go into sure. votes. Yeah. Jamie, school is never a waste of time. Since we have 15 minutes until recess, please put down your pencils and stare at the front of the room. It's report card time. It's report card time. It's report card time. I'm so fucking done. God, please, no! 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 For Mr. Miller, the last book of his birthday month, what do we got, Raid, for writing for Mr. Maya? Uh, A+. Plus. Uh, okay. This book, like I, like I mentioned before, I almost read it too fast because I was enjoying <coughs> it so much that I, like, couldn't wait to turn the page and see what the next, like, what was going to happen next. It just really made me, gave me an all-around for, fuzzy, <coughs> excuse me, an all-around fuzzy feeling no, I really enjoyed this book. This is one of the better books that I've read in a long time. Todd, what's your vote? You know, I'm going to give it a B plus. Um, I really enjoyed it. It was well done. It was a quick page turner. Yeah, it wrapped everything up nicely. It does say book one on the front of it, and it's not that it's <laughs> not not book one. But yeah. it's a little bit of a cocktail. American Jesus also said book one. That's right. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I mentioned at the beginning of this as well, being like, it says it's book one. Let's, we'll really hold yeah, out. We'll really hold out. It is, it's book one, and... I don't think it should have another one with the way it was set up. It's could they potentially do more? Sure, I guess, but I think it might ruin what this one is. No, I agree with that. So, but yeah, B plus. Okay, well, since I'm agreeing with Todd, um, I'm gonna go with an A. Um, I think it's a good solid book. I don't think it's A plus. Uh, rereading it, it's still super fun. Like I've read this now the second time I read it, um, and I still I really enjoy it. It's very sweet. That's a great book that I would give to. A, just about anybody who's interested in reading a comic book. Um, I think it's just a really sweet, fun, good book. Uh, and bringing up the rear, mm. butt stuff. <laughs> Adam, uh, what's your I'll, I'll go with an A minus. You know, I think it, it, it's really well written. It's up there with my favorite Mark Miller books. Uh, I, again, my my A plus status still goes to Wicked and Divine, but uh, oh, yeah. it, you know, it's, it's really well done, and I, I fully enjoyed it. And yeah, it's. It is a book that you can't wait to see what happens next. And as much as we know that Miller likes to start things and not finish them, I, I do want to see what comes next. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess for me, what I would do in a perfect world is I might have Huck in someone else's book. You know what I mean? Like, leave this book as its own thing and then have him, like, randomly show up and, you know, teach kick-ass how to be a decent human being or something weird like that. You know what I mean? But I can see that. That's a really bad ex- it's a bad example, but you know what I mean. Like, I think I, I would like, I personally would like to just, like, I would like to see more adventures of this character, but I would also like to leave this book as a pure sort of fun thing. Uh, for art, for Mr. Albuquerque, um, I will go first. I, I really like his work. I've, I mean, he's one of the bigger draws for American Vampire for me, um, so I'm going to give him uh, an, an A. Like, I really like his art style, and I think it's really great and sweet and heartfelt and really he does a great job on this book it's just really fun um adam what is your grade for the I'll art go with an a minus as well I, I really enjoyed the art it was it was vibrant it was colorful it popped out at you and 
and you know, I, I didn't really notice it until Todd pointed out the whole like you know you don't really have too much of the backdrop, but you mm-hmm. can tell where you are based on the color scheme. It was a really mm-hmm. wise and really smart way of using color, and you know, you, all your reds and bright pastels were outside. Then you when you were in Siberia, it was all really dark and moody and. It really set the tone for the book, so I think that was a really good job, and I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, Todd, what's your grade? Um, I'll give this one a B plus as well. I really enjoyed the art. It really reminded me, I think it was All-Star Superman, with a bit of a more familiar feel to it in some ways, and that was a callback to that as well. Because, yeah, if you look up the cover of All-Star Superman and you look at Hawk and you can say, I can really see where things are modeled after one another. Mm-hmm. And it was, um, it's not a bad thing by any means, but it's a... Um, great callback there yeah it was very well done the style was good there was a simplicity and a purity to it it's uh, i think I, there is better stuff out there but not much and i think it just fit perfectly with the art the art with the story it was great companion pieces by all means cool uh Maya. Uh, i'm also going to give it an a i like seeing an artist be able to do different things and not just always have the same style and like we talked about earlier on american vampire it was kind of a darker grittier style mm-hmm. whereas this just because that's what i was mainly what i mainly knew albuquerque for before was american vampire i wouldn't have imagined seeing something like this that popped out that was just big bold art with with nice colors that pop off the page um and just to see someone that can kind of go from one type of art style to the other like that i am definitely going to give it an a do we do a vote for i mean it's definitely done by mark miller <laughs> yeah we, do we i don't think we've, do we place it in his uniform or do we just go overall I, overall okay so overall grades everything combined adam what's your grade? I mean, with this though i will go with an a a little bit higher just because the collection of everything about it that makes it so amazing and fun is just it's wonderful and fantastic and again maybe it's just my state of mind recently but it, it was really nice to have an uplifting happy comic that also had you know guns and explosions and mm-hmm. all the things we come to love and enjoy but at the same time just seeing someone do the right thing for the right reason just you don't really see that much anymore and that's whether you want to say that's an interesting look at our society and how we do things or anything else it was just nice to see that and it was written very very well the art popped out of you mm-hmm. and it was really really fun to read and this is one, like I said before, I really do want to see what, what's going to happen next, and we probably won't get it next, like unless he, he pops up somewhere else and you know it's, it's a cameo or something. But no, it was really cool. It's definitely one I could highly recommend to go out and read. Although I was look, just looking at this cover, he would be a great character to cosplay as, and people would either get it or not yeah. at all. Yeah, you know what I mean. Wear a jumpsuit with like the '78 on the back. Like it's a cool logo. Like if I were to cosplay, I might do that be just because like maybe people, people would catch it or they wouldn't mm-hmm. catch it. You know what I mean. Um, I don't think I'm big enough to actually be able to cosplay as that, but, you know, I mean, like, at least in the gut, I'm big enough, but, like, shoulders and height, I'm not. Uh, Todd, what's your overall grade? You know, talking about having him show up in other comics, much like Turner and Hooch, I think if Huck and Nemesis became beat cops together, that would be amazing Mark Miller stuff. Because I'm not sure how it would work. Yeah, Yeah, I give it an A minus. I mean, with everything together, it elevates the material and it's all it's firing in all cylinders and whatnot. Um, I don't think it's quite the same category as say Wicked and the Divine. So, but A minus is incredible and it's um it's really good and it's something I've read it in the past and I've read it again and it holds up very well. And I wouldn't mind giving this out to anybody. So it's like read this. It's awesome. And people's like, well, what if I don't like it? I'm like, you'll like it. Just read it. It's awesome. And yeah, it's one of those that I wouldn't hesitate at all. Cool. Um, I'm going to give it a, an, an, uh, I'm going to give it an A. Um, 
Yeah, it's not quite to our, our standard of like Saga and Wicked the Divine, but it's just a good, solid, fun book that I, I don't, I don't have, I don't, I can't think of a lot of people who would read this book and be like, that fucking book is stupid. And if you read this book and thought that book's fucking stupid, you may not have a soul. You know what I mean? Like, this might be like the, the litmus test for like how much of a decent human being are you? And if you hate this book, you are a sure. complete asshole. Or um, watch Grave so, of the Fireflies and not cry. <laughs> oh, exactly, right? Well, a lot of Miyazaki is that way. That, but, that wasn't um, Miyazaki. It was Ghibli, but not Miyazaki. Oh, yeah. well, I apologize. No, your Sorry. anime. <laughs> that was your job, dude. I do the horror movies. You watch the anime, I do the horror movies. <laughs> yes. That's how that worked. Uh, that was Todd and I's deal in college. He would watch all the anime and say, okay, these three are good, the rest of these are shit. And I'd watch all the horror movies and say, watch these two and mm-hmm. ignore the rest of them. Because my tolerance for bad horror movies is way yeah. higher than Todd's is. And, and Todd's high, tolerance for bad anime is way high, higher than mine, so it bounced out really yes. well. Um, okay, and uh, Mr. Maya, what is your total overall grade? Uh, I'm going to give it an A, just because of the way it made me feel. Uh, like, I literally felt good after I read it. Mm-hmm. And and to me, I think there need to be more hucks in the world out there. Uh, it made me realize that there there can be good people that do good things. Maybe not with superpowers, but yeah, it just it kind of gave me a small glimmer of hope for us as a human race. So for that, I'm giving it an A. You know, and with that being said, for a lot of his good deeds, several of them definitely involved strength and finding things. But other thing was... Like just walking, taking taking out the garbage, taking out the garbage, or you know, I'm buying people leave fifty eight bucks in a random book in the library for someone to find, right? And that sort of thing there, and it's a, it's not just a pay it forward, but it's the simplicity and the grandiose Mm -hmm. and how he kind of went both, and he treated them all as part of the simplicity. That's probably the greatest character aspect he had there. Yeah, no, there's, I mean, it's it's kind of like you read this book and you're like. Man, I wish I could do, like, one good deed a day. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, like, you kind of probably could. You probably just don't identify it as such. You know what I mean? But, like, it's it's a very inspiring book that way as well. You know? So. Well, cool. Um, I mean, before we leave the topic of this book, does anybody have any last-minute things they want to say? Oh, yeah, and by the way. Oh, yeah, by the way, if you haven't figured it out, you should read this book. Yes. Yeah. Now that we've already ruined it for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Well, cool. And now it's time for recommendations. That time in the show where the panel tells you all the crap they are currently into, but will forget about as soon as they see something shiny. How dare you? And what is that? You give your stamp of approval to everything. It's become meaningless. Why can't you be more like your wife? Lily's stamp is gold. I'm reading this book because of her. I'm drinking this beer because she recommended it. I'm even wearing this bra because of a lingerie store Lily told me about. Uh, Lynn, let's go into recommendations. Anybody have anything they really want to just jump out and recommend? I do. Uh, cool. The la- last single issue of it came out this week, and I just looked. Um, the collection is uh, tentatively scheduled to come out in March. Check out from IDW, uh, Star Trek Mirror Broken. Uh, IDW okay. does some fantastic Star Trek comics. And what this is, is it's basically the mirror story that we never got. It's it's the mirror, story of the mirror next generation crew. Okay. Um, and it's just a lot of fun. It's written by Scott and David Tipton. They do, they've done a bunch of Star Trek comics for IDW. And uh, it's illustrated by J.K. Woodward, who does a very painted style. But yeah, it's just a really awesome look at the mirror universe versions of Picard. Like... He's got a beard, he's buff, he's wearing his, like, sleeveless shirt. 
uh, and then just everyone else. It's it's just a really cool look at uh, something that we hadn't seen before, and uh, I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, I'm going to jump on that because, as I as people know, if they listen to the show frequently, I've been trying to read down my to be read pile. I'm uh, I'm fluctuating around the uh, the the low teens right now. For those of you who are very concerned about it, uh, <laughs> depending on how, how recently I've been to the uh, the comic shop. But uh, IDW just reminded me of this. I was pleasantly surprised, and I think it's actually a good recommendation for Huck. IDW has I've only read the first trade, so if it gets worse, I'm sorry. But the first trade of IDW's Ghostbusters comic was actually really fun. Like I really liked it. It had like a good sort of. It got the tone of the movie fairly well. It sort of tongue-in-cheek referenced the other things. Um, it got the characters pretty well. Like, I really enjoyed it. The art's fun. I, I mean, it's it's the original Ghostbusters, not the more recent incarnation, which I also really enjoyed. But uh, if you're a Ghostbusters fan, you want to read some fun comics. I mean, and Slimer's in there, who's a little more from the cartoon series, but it's a little more movie-oriented than comic book or, or than cartoons-oriented, but it's still really fun, and I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, Todd, do you have a recommendation? I do. Um, a while ago, I had read God Country by Danny Cates, and I had really loved that. So Donnie Cates, not Danny, but Donnie. So how I was, dare you? How dare I? It's not like I was saying Miller incorrectly. <laughs> but there you go. Um, another one he had done earlier is called The Paybacks, and I'm just going to read the back blurb here because it sums it up better than I could. Enter The Paybacks, a repo squad composed of bankrupt former heroes like Night Night and Miss Adventure. Here to foreclose on everybody's secret lairs, but now the paybacks have discovered a fate far worse than debt. A murderer is on the loose, and the killer just might be one of their own. It's four issues. Um, I think that's all he wrote for it, but it's a lot of fun and worth reading. Um, Donny Kate, Paybacks a Bitch is what it's called, The Paybacks. Cool, and uh, Adam, do you have a recommendation? So it's not comic related because I haven't had time to do much of anything, but uh, this is actually going to go on for one more week from the day this comes out, but if you are a huge Harry Potter fan, Go to the Southtown Mall in Sandy. They actually, in the center of the mall, they're like a whole like Harry Potter, um, kind of like Diagon Alley village type thing. But the cool thing is it's actually officially linked to the Harry Potter experience at the Universal Studios. So okay. you actually can go there and actually get real Harry Potter like wands and you can go to Ollivander's and get your, you know, have the wands react to you and everyone works there has really stupid, fun Harry Potter British accents and they're all huge fans. Uh, you can go there with your wand to like a green screen and get like pictures of you in the world and stuff. Uh, there was like a three-hour wait back a couple weeks ago, but we went there last week and everyone's kind of been there who wants to. But you actually do get actual prop replica wands that you can get at Universal Studios from the people there. So if it's Christmas and you got some gift cards you want to go spend, uh, it's really fun. And if you're a Harry Potter fan, you'll have a, a blast there. So Cool. Um, also because I think it's extending. If you are into Rob Zombie, I sent Todd a recommendation for this mm-hmm. as well. Turns out, this is a really weird thing, the um, the photographer who does like a lot of uh, the show, photo shoots for Rob Zombie and for all sorts of other things, he has he's actually based out of Utah, and he has a uh, gallery. It's in uh, Payson, Utah. It's uh, 5 North Main Street in Payson, Utah. And in the month of October, November, he was doing a gallery of all of his Rob Zombie stuff. It was so popular, and so many people came down that he was—he uh, said that he was going to extend it through the end of the year. So, like, you have a, an, at least another week to go check it out. So, like, the photos are great. I've been—I mean, I follow Rob Zombie on Instagram because I love Rob Zombie. But um, also, he's a, his name is Rob Fern, R O B F. Oh, sorry, Rob Fenn, uh, and his Instagram is R O B underscore F E N N. 
Um, definitely worth checking out his Instagram. But if you're in Utah and you want a little day trip to go see some some cool rock and roll stuff, uh, his gallery looks awesome. I kind of wish I looked closer to go check it out. But so that's still running um, as of this coming out. So I would definitely go check that out if you have the opportunity. So this is the end of the month, and I think we sort of last week said what we're doing next week next month, but here it is now. So our January, we are doing team building exercises is the name of the month. We are doing uh, the new run of Doom Patrol, uh, brick by brick. Uh, on uh, January 1st will that will come out we're doing Robert Hickman's run or first book of Robert Hickman's run of Fantastic Four Jonathan Hickman who did I say Robert Hickman sorry Jonathan Hickman <laughs> I apologize and then we're doing uh, JSA Justice Be Done and that's Justice Society of America not to be confused with JLA because I tried looking up JLA and that got really confusing really fast so JSA Justice Be Done um, and then we're going to do the first sort of trade of the Runaways. I think it's going to be what we're going to do the first six issues, basically the Runaways, because mm-hmm. most of their stuff is published in like really big, grandiose books. Or if you just want to get it online, um, that's kind of what we're going to be doing. Basically, just the first six issues. And then um, because January has five uh, weeks, we decided to take that extra week, and we're going to just do kind of a one-off, and we're going to do Black Panther, uh, Nation Under Our Feet. We haven't figured out what combination that's going to be. It might be all 12 issues. It might. We haven't figured it out yet, but we will. But that's what we're doing at the end of the month. And then just give you a heads up, um, in February, in preparation for us to be 100 episodes old, we're finally going to wow. man up, and we're going to do The Watchmen. But The Watchmen is such a big fucking book. And It's super dense. We're splitting it up. So one book, we're doing it over the course of the entire month. So we're going to do like issue one through three the first time and then four through six and then seven through nine and then 10 through 12. We're splitting it up out of the course of the month. So we're finally attacking, you know, basically the the great big holy grail of comic books. We're going to be doing that in February. So just so you have a heads up, that's what we're doing for at least the next two months. Uh, Maya, do you want to talk about March or you're not ready for that yet? Uh, I'm not ready for that yet. Uh, I'll have something that I can send to you to put in like the first for the Doom Patrol episode starting in January. Okay. Uh, but just to give you a heads up, we're going to do sort of a, uh, a March Madness in uh, in March, uh, which we'll actually record early, so that'll be very interesting how we figure out how to do that. But um, what we're looking for people to do is send us recommendations, and you can send a book you want us to read that are good or bad, or you can torture us and say, hey, I want you to read you know, book two of Bo, 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 Bo bullshit, which uh, we might be, yeah, we might veto that, but you know, uh, send us recommendations. Uh, Maya is putting this together, so um, we'll have more information on our website. Um, but worst case scenario, uh, email us or tweet us and say, hey, I think you should read this. Um, and we'll start putting together a list and we'll figure out what gets the most votes and we'll we'll figure out some... Um, Maya is figuring out some very scientific way of, of doing that. So <laughs> mm-hmm. there's the next three months, the first three months of your new year. Uh, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Um, and we'll see you next week for Doom Patrol. Anybody else? Anything else? Yay, Doom yeah. Patrol. 2018, here we come. <laughs> okay. It's better we'll than this year. Yeah. Uh, one could hope. I'm in a state that's on fire right now, so there you go. Um, cool. So that happened. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode. This band of knuckleheads will be back next week with a new episode. Until then, you can find them on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr as Funny Books and Firewater, and on Twitter as at FirewaterCast. Go to FunnyBooksAndFirewater.com for the most up-to-date information, as well as cocktail recipes from this and past episodes. Thank you for joining us. 
And until next week, support your local comic shop. Tip your bartender well. And stay hydrated.